a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. And thank you for listening to Story Connect, the podcast. This is Stephen Smith, your host today, and uh, we are coming to you live from the Kentucky Telecom Association and Tennessee Broadband Association's Fall Conference 2019 from Bowling Green, Kentucky. And I have as my guest here today, Jamie Gibson. Jamie is the Vice President, Technology and Sales Engineering with Ribbon Communications. And welcome to the show today, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, I want to start this uh, episode with a quote from the chairman of the FCC, Ajit Pai. He was quoted as saying, American consumers are sick and tired of unwanted robocalls. Caller ID authentication will be a significant step towards ending the scourge of spoofed robocalls. It's time for carriers to implement robust caller ID authentication. And I think that uh, his opening sentence there reflects something that I believe everyone who has a telephone can relate to, uh, us being sick and tired of unwanted robocalls. In your uh, presentation this morning, you were sharing with the group about stir shaken framework and we're going to let you unpack that today but before you do let's set up the problem of robocalling and then talk about how this framework might be a solution uh, towards solving that sure so i think we've all experienced that problem of robocalling where you get somebody calling you that you don't want right and and then as i mentioned in my presentation this morning there's really a wide range it's not black and white you might get a call from your school that's a robocall that you do want to get. Hey, school's closing because something happened, building caught on fire. Come get your kid. Right? Um, you might get a call from a charity or a political campaign, which some people want to get and others don't. And then you have the malicious robocallers that are calling to try to fraud you out of money or steal your money. And those are the really, that's the problem we're initially trying to solve across that whole spectrum. Um, and the biggest part in trying to solve that problem is knowing that when you call me, I can trust that you are who you say you are. Um, unfortunately, today, we've completely lost trust in the, the network when somebody calls and you have no idea um, if they really are who they say they are. Um, and that's, and, and it's more of a problem. Um, uh, I guess, talk to us a little bit about there, there's a robocalling issue and there's a spoofing issue, and talk, talk about some of the nuances there. Sure. So spoofing is pretending you are somebody else. Um, you know, one of the famous scams earlier this year was the IRS scam, where robocallers would, would call you, pretend to be the IRS, and say you needed to pay money or you're going to go to jail. Right? There's, there's two factors in that. First, they're spoofing the IRS number illegally um, so that you answer the phone thinking they are the IRS. Um, secondly, they're using robocalling, which is a, a mechanical dialing technology that can place you know, thousands of calls. You know, as I talked in the presentation today, uh, this year we expect uh, upwards of 57 billion robocalls across the network. So huge amounts of traffic. Um, so when you combine the, the malicious intent with the automated technology, um, gives anyone with a you know, computer and access to the Internet the ability to, to scam and defraud users. Um, and that's what helps make the problem uh, grow so much. 
What do you think that is doing to the public trust of the uh, telephone network in general? Well, it's 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 lowering it, and you know, with the lower trust in the network has unintended consequences. There was actually a good paper uh, written in the Wall Street Journal a couple months ago about the unintended consequences. And, um, you know, for example, your doctor's office calling to to remind you an appointment or it's time to come in or, or test results, right? Well, they can't leave that information on your voicemail because of privacy concerns. So what it means is they now have to call you back and keep retrying and, and you don't get that information, right? So it hurts their small business because you're not answering your call. It hurts you as a consumer because you're not getting the test results because you didn't know that it was your doctor's office calling, right? So as an industry, consumers need to have trust that somebody calling them is, is them. Um, on the same side, when you call your bank to make an account transaction, they have to go through a whole list of questions to make sure you really are who you say you are because they don't trust the caller information. You know, contrast that with an environment where you can call your bank and they immediately know you've been authenticated and that you are who you say you are. Now they don't have to waste all that time asking those questions. Hmm. And it speeds up their call center, translates to profitability for them, right? So restoring trust is important on both sides of the equation. Uh, and one of the, one other thing is we're setting up the problem here. Um, uh, something that's come become very prevalent over the last couple of years is you receive a phone call and the caller ID says that it's a number in your area, like a neighbor's number, maybe even someone you know. And I know personally I have received, I guess over the last year, I've probably received two or three phone calls from people saying, hey, I missed your call. Who is this? And when I never called them. So is that another nuance of this problem? And You know, it is. It's a big, big problem. The fraudsters initially started using, you know, a, a local NPA NXX, so the first six digits of your phone number, thinking, hey, you're more likely to answer the phone if it comes from one of your neighbors down the street versus across country. And, and that's true. A lot of people did. Um, but they're expanding that to now toll fraud as well, where they're spoofing the number um, or they're, they're calling from a number and hanging up, trusting that you're going to call them back. And this is what we call the Wangiri problem, right? Where they call, hang up, you dial them back, and it's a high-cost destination, right? And, and now you, as the, the person calling them back, it's charged for that toll call, right? Um, in that case, they're not necessarily spoofing a number because they're, you're dialing a legitimate number back and, and incurring the charges, but it's another way of frauding the consumer by mass dialing them and hanging up right after the first ring. Mm. So the problem is huge. Now let's talk about the solutions. Uh, the framework that you spoke about this morning, STIR, SHAKEN, uh, those are acronyms, and I'm going to let you unpack that for us, what those mean and, and what that means to the, uh, to the listener, to the, to the subscriber, customer member of these uh, independent and cooperatively owned companies that are represented at this association today. Sure. So STIR and SHAKEN are really complementary. Um, STIR is the secure telephone identity, um, and it's the revisited version of that. Um, and it's all of the protocol and the standards for digitally signing and encrypting the caller ID information from the originating source, or the originating service provider, so that at the terminating service provider, they can validate that the, the number is who um, is advertised. Um, 
Shaken is the framework for implementing that technology, and that's an ADIS and um, NNI task force um, standard or joint ADIS and SIP forum standard. Um, and it's all the service providers getting together and deciding how are we going to implement STIR for the telephone network. Um, the technology is very similar to that uh, used in web pages today. When you go to an HTTPS website, you know it's a secure communication between you and your bank, for example. It's the exact same technology that we're using for caller ID. Yes, that's something we can certainly uh, relate to as uh, consumers because we we look to those websites. Uh, we look to that address to make sure that HTTPS is there when uh, when and we're dealing with uh, websites, uh, checking our bank, checking our credit cards, and, and those kind of things. Will this require, uh, this framework, will it require anything on the user's part? It does not require anything for the, the consumer themselves um, to implement. It's pretty much a service provider-driven initiative. You know, the key thing for the service provider, and one of the challenges, particularly in the rural environment, is that StirShaken requires IP interconnect. And many of the rural uh, service providers today interconnect to the, to the ILEC um, or the Tandem um, using TDM. So that's probably the biggest challenge for the rural service provider to overcome in order to implement this. Um, now, the FCC is wanting implementation. Uh, what kind of time frame are they looking at for this? So um, Chairman Pai has demanded that the larger service providers um, implement StirShaken by the end of the year. Um, and as you know, said that you know, if they don't have it implemented, that then there will probably be more of a mandate to do so. Um, there are bills in the House and in the Senate that have passed, um, both requiring service providers to implement within 18 months after passage. Um, and those focus more on the, I would say, the Tier 1 and Tier 2 service providers. I would anticipate that some of the rural providers get additional time to implement that. Um, but I also anticipate that the rural providers and customers are going to start demanding this functionality long before it's mandated. Do you know of examples? Um, are there um, are there smaller rural providers that are getting ahead of this technology now and trying to get this implemented? And what kind of challenges are they seeing? Absolutely, I um, I do have customers, rural providers that um, have started down the path of implementing this, um, that are actually starting to um, test, sign, and verify calls in their own network. Um, I would say again, the number one challenge is they have to have a SIP peering arrangement with. Um, either long-distance toll providers, um, in which case that's the calls they can sign, or with the uh, the tandem in order to sign calls headed headed that way. Uh, once they have that SIP infrastructure in place, then it's uh, fairly straightforward to implement. Okay. What kind of time frame do you think we're looking at uh, as a society when this really starts impacting consumers and callers? I think we're starting to see um, some of the benefits already. Um, I think the analytics technologies combined with StirShaken and the major providers um, is already starting to show up on people's mobile phones. Um, they're starting to see scam-likely messages or um, you know, probable spoofed call, things like that. So I think we're starting to, to see an impact already. I, I would anticipate within the next 12 to 18 months, we'll see a majority of the traffic um, having been signed or, or some type of analytics processing on that type of traffic. So we're, we should be seeing, uh, t- talk to me about those messages again that we might be seeing or uh, the caller ID on our cell phones. Sure. So 
the tier one providers um, have already started providing indications on the mobile phone when it's likely to be a spoof or a spam call. Um, I get those on online today in the Dallas metro area. Um, some of the rural wireless providers um, will need to implement you know, stir shaken and some analytics to provide that. But um, I think that's where we'll start seeing it first. Um, and I think as the larger providers start blocking calls or, or not even carrying calls that they know are illegal calls, the rural guys may not even see the phone call hit their network. Um, so I think we, you know, we're starting to see that drop off today. Um, some of the robocalling stats that I shared in the, uh, in the presentation this morning show in the last couple months that has dropped off um, a little bit from about 15 robocalls a day per person to down to about 13. So not a significant drop, still a lot, still way too many, um, but we're headed in the right direction now. Okay, so not only will this technology allow the carriers to flag us with an alert on the caller ID that this could be a, a spoof call, uh, they will also have the capability of blocking known spoof calls or known robocalls. Correct. And that's one of the major changes in the, um, the FCC policy this year is allowing service providers to proactively block um, known robocalls, uh, whereas in the past um, they had to terminate unless the end customer had said uh, they, don't, they don't want to receive those calls. So with this technology and this framework, we could be headed toward a day where our phone is ringing less and the, uh, the percentage of quality calls and actual calls could, could be much higher then. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, it's all, it's all about restoring that trust in the telephone network um, because at the end of the day, we're, we're in an industry that, that depends on our customers making and receiving phone calls. Um, that's a big part of our business. And uh, we want to encourage people to have productive conversations on the phone. Um, and if we can restore that trust, hopefully that will keep the traffic up in the network and keep, uh, keep the revenue in the business. Mm. Now, do you think, we, we have seen with so many technologies that we get ahead of uh, the, the, the evildoers, if you will, um, and then they find a way around something else. How, how secure do you feel this, this new approach is? Well, just like any problem, if you look at email spam or bad websites, I mean, it's a constant and an evolving problem. Um, and I don't think it's one of those things that we're going to solve this year and then not have to worry about again. I think it's a, it's a constant thing that we're going to have to be adapting. And, and really the only way is to, to constantly monitor and learn what is the normal behavior in the network so you can start detecting anomalies in the network and those anomalies in calling patterns or, or things like that. Um, and really build a kind of a trust framework for the network. Um, I like using the term FICO score. Everyone knows what their FICO score is. Um, imagine a day um, in the near future when a phone number has a FICO score. How how much can we trust this number? Typically, does this number generate positive calls in the network or bad calls? Do they typically generate five calls a day? And now all of a sudden they're generating 500. We know something's wrong, right? So it's all about building what is normal behavior so you can detect when something abnormal happens. And I suppose there's, there's still that um, element of consumer education, consumer awareness that people need to need to come to every phone call that comes in with an understanding and, and, and awareness that this could be um, th th this could be a, 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 an illegal call, a bad call, a robocall, and that th there could be 
you know, bad forces behind that. And even though we have a lot of things in play, like you mentioned email, people still need to look at their email with a with an eye of caution. And so there's there's that element of, of consumer awareness as well. Absolutely. And we, we went through this with the web pages as well. When in the early days of HTTPS, people didn't even really know what it was. Um, I think now it's a lot more common. Um, I think most of the web browsers have standardized on the display. When you've authenticated to a to your bank, it'll tell you you've authenticated to the bank um, and things like that. So I think people are getting used to looking for those displays and understanding when it's a secure relationship and not. Um, and hopefully that learning will apply uh, to the devices as well in the telephone world when they start getting authenticated calls so they understand what that means. But that will be a big part of the problem or the big challenge is to educate the consumer on uh, what different things mean. And we can't get it wrong, right? Because if you start sending you know, green check marks, this is a valid call to people when they're bad calls, then very quickly they're going to learn they can't trust that either. So it's really important that we get that part right. Right. They, they have to trust the integrity of the framework there. Well, and, and, and you made a, a point earlier about trusting uh, the network and uh, relying on phone calls because that's still, I mean, we're in an age where uh, email and text messages and, you know, we want to, we want to log in and, and go to that website and do the chat function and, and, and minimize the voice interaction. But there's still great value, especially in the, uh, well, not just, you know, person to person and family connections and uh, certainly conducting business. That actually having that phone call is still a very important element of, of, of society. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to, um, let's take just a moment and talk about uh, Ribbon Communications and t- tell me a little bit about your company and what you do. Sure. So Ribbon Communications is a a leading provider of real-time communication software and solutions to the telecommunication industry. Um, We recently changed names with the merger of uh, GenBand and Sonus a little over a year ago. Um, Can try, you know, trace our uh, history all the way back to the Nortel days from the evolution of of the network. So we've been in the business for pretty much since the beginning. Um, And we focus really on the, the, the wireline part of the network. Um, and we're, you know, one of the largest American companies providing infrastructure in this space. Great. Thanks for that. We will include your uh, contact information in the show notes so people can reach out to you if they want to learn more about Ribbon Communications. Uh, are, are there any closing thoughts uh, from your presentation that you would like to leave our listeners with today? You know, um, robocalling, as we talked about, is a, is a big challenge. And, and one of the things that's really unique is that um, – this is a challenge and an opportunity for us in an industry to solve a problem in our professional lives that impacts us in our personal lives, right? A lot of times we start doing things, our friends and our family members have no idea what it is we're doing. Um, but this is really an opportunity for us as an industry to solve something that helps us as consumers. And you don't get that opportunity very often. Mm, great sentiment. Well, thank you, Jamie. Um, My guest today has been Jamie Gibson. He's VP of Technology and Sales Engineering with Ribbon Communications. And this is Stephen Smith, your host of Story Connect, the podcast. Thanks for listening in as we are coming to you live from the KTA TNBA uh, Fall Conference from Bowling Green, Kentucky, 2019. And thanks for listening and keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company.